Welcome to Media in Minutes. This is your host, Angela Toole. This podcast features in-depth interviews with those who report on the world around us. They share everything from their favorite stories to what happened behind the lens and give us a glimpse into their world. From our studio here at Communications Redefined, this is Media in Minutes. Today, we are talking with J.P. Emerson. J.P. is an award-winning automotive journalist with bylines in many of the most popular automotive magazines in the country. J.P. covers classic muscle cars and the people who own them with real stories from real owners relating everything from ownership, car shows, music, road trips, and what everyone has in common regardless of brand. With articles and stories featured on the pages and websites such as Hot Rod, Ford Muscle, Mustang Monthly, Motor Trend Group, and more, JP has supplied brand recognition and worked with some of the industry's most recognizable names. Welcome, JP. Hey, how are you? Great, doing well. So I must say, you are our first automotive journalist on the show, and I'm not an expert in that area, so you're going to have to help me. Oh, that's no problem. I'll help you where I can. So I'm no expert either. But Oh, well, I know that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) You know, your career is quite impressive. Will you walk us through the highlights? Uh, Well, I guess if you can call them highlights, I basically started writing about cars. Well, let me back up just a little bit, actually. I I started writing, uh, doing statistics and sports for the local newspaper way back when um, and really enjoyed doing that. Um, And eventually I I grew older. I got interested in more more things, you know, cars being one of them. And I I really focused on that, uh, you know, the car is freedom. It's the gateway to, to, to great things way yeah. back then, you know, today it's more of a cell phone or a tablet, but back then it was, it was the car and that's, that's what everybody wanted. Uh, and in order to have a car, you had to know how to work on it and keep it running and afford to put gas in it. And, yeah. you know, so that's, that's really what, what piqued my interest, uh, you know, in, in working with cars and eventually they, you know, they became a little out of reach as far as, you know, my mechanical abilities. Um, <laughs> so I decided, well, I may not know how to work on every car, especially today's cars with all their electronics, but I can sure talk about them. So that's yeah. really the highlight. <laughs> I love how you put that about the freedom, because I remember that with my first car. I mean, I was before we had <laughs> cell phones when I got mm-hmm. my first car as well. But today, you know, I think about my children, they will not, it is not that way. So that will be interesting to see at that time. Sure, sure. Did you always know you wanted to be a journalist before you had the job at the local newspaper? Um, I, I can't say I always knew it, but I, I always enjoyed a really good story, uh, which kind of contradicts itself because I wasn't a huge reader. Uh, I enjoyed magazines, mm. um, you know, the, the automotive magazines and not so much comic books, but, you know, just anything that you can pick up and put down, you know, in a day and be done with it. Uh, I guess my attention span wasn't long enough. I knew I liked writing and, and, and talking about, you know, in this case, you know, the automotive industry. Um, and that kind of catapulted me into, okay, well, let's, let's see how this goes. You know, when you're starting out, you're, you're really not good at anything. Uh, mm-hmm. And it kind of, it kind of turned into, you know, where it is today. So it, as far as, did I always know? No. Did I know I like to write? Absolutely. Yeah. And you write about classic muscle cars and the people who own them. I know this is a hard question, but what stories over the years have been your favorite or stand out? Well, I write about all kinds of cars, uh, but 
by and large, it's about the people that own them uh, because they're the ones that have the stories. The cars are just the vessels that get you there. Uh, mm -hmm. And what started out as, you know, classic cars has evolved into everything. I, I do racing and motorcycles and, and uh, television media, as long as it has an automotive theme to it. Okay. Uh, as far as the one that stands out the most, you know, one thing is, you know, you, I love every story. They're all great. You know, many people think, you know, my, my story's not important enough or good enough to share. And, and I say that's nonsense because they're all great. But if I had to pick one, um, there's a, a very inspirational one that, that I did several years ago. You know, when you're in the automotive industry, everything's about appearance. You want the cars to look great. Um, you, right. know, you, you, you want everything to be perfect. And, and when you go into a car show, which is you know, kind of how I started working and writing stories, you look for those great cars, but what happens is you miss some, some really fantastic ones that may not be at the same level, uh, you know, in, in, in the industry, they call them trailer Queens, you know, the cars you see on the cover of hot rod magazine, right? Most of them aren't driven, you know, they're, they're trailered somewhere and they're perfect and they look great and they're wonderful to look at, but there's so many other ones that are, that are equally as nice and, and their owners are proud of them usually you walk past the cars that don't interest you or don't, they're not as shiny. They're not yeah. as, as fantastic looking. Um, and the story is about uh, a gentleman who had a, a, a Dodge Swinger, which is a Mopar product. And when you walk past it, it was, it, it wasn't as shiny as the other ones. It, it, you can tell it had a lot of aftermarket parts on it. When you walk past it, the engine bay, you know, was dirty and there was the wiring wasn't correct. And, you know, you could just tell this was something that wasn't going to win an award at the show. Sure. And when you got a little closer, you know, you, you, again, in the industry, you know, we call them 20 footers or 10 footers from, from 20 foot away. It looks all right from 10 feet. You can see the flaws and when you get right next to it, you can really see them. Well, mm -hmm. this was probably a 50 footer because from 50 feet, you could see oh, wow. that things weren't quite right. But um, when I met the owner, I, I got the story that, you know, there's a reason why there's dents in the side of the car, why the paint's chipping, why he has handmade pieces on the car. And the reason is um, because he's a quadriplegic. And he drives this muscle car. And when he tries to get into the door, you know, he has to pull a piece of wood out and it has to go on his wheelchair and he has to somehow manage to get into the car because not only does he drive this car, wow. he has use of his fingers. He not only drives it, but he drag raced it all, wow. with, his, all with his fingers. So you got to understand, okay, uh, now I know why the bottom of the car has these little dings in it, why the paint's chipped and why, you know, you have these aftermarket parts on it. Um, so if that wasn't inspiring enough, when you speak to the gentleman, you find out that not only does he do all these things, but he's a teacher, he's an educator, and he's teaching his kids, which were middle school kids, how to work on cars uh, his car actually. Um, and they would do the work and he would educate them as, you know, how you do this and how you do that, because he had all the knowledge. He just didn't have the physical capability to do it himself. Yeah. And he did this for years and he, he, he's beloved in his community and everybody knows him and they, they recognize his car. 
Um, I wrote a, a story about it some years ago about him, um, had him do some nice smoky burnouts in the school parking lot. <laughs> and you realize, you know, someone might go home with the trophy, but the story was far better than, than anything else I could have uh, discovered that day. And that's the one that really just stands out to me. So inspiring. Where was that one published? Wow, that was in a bunch of them. Um, I, think, <laughs> uh, I think Muscle Car Review was one. Many of these magazines, many of these titles don't exist any longer. Uh, COVID shut a bunch down. Um, yeah. Street Rod Magazine, um, Mopar Muscle. It's on. Uh, it's actually on our website, uh, jpemerson.com. It's under, um, I think it's under one of the, the article pages. You can go read some more, but I think he's one of the ones that are on there. And you can, you can see them and it just, it's just one of those ones that says, you know, it's, it's not all about appearance. It's about getting behind that and finding out what, what the story is. Yeah. We'll link to it in our show notes. And mm -hmm. that's what makes you a journalist or a great journalist is when you find those stories and, and tell them and yeah, this, to read it. That one went really well too. A lot of people reacted really well to it. And, and, you know, I just thought it was great because, you know, I'm, if I'd have walked past it, I'd have never heard it. Yeah. How do you tend to get your stories? You know, some of it's like you said at events and things before COVID, I guess, yeah. but uh, what, you know, how do you tend to find them? Do you work with PR professionals? Or? I do work with them from time to time. Uh, a lot of it's word of mouth. Uh, you know, when I, when I work with somebody um, I ask them, you know, Hey, do you know anybody? Do you know any stories? Have you come across anybody or who can you recommend me to? Um, because when you come in cold, you know, like a, like a cold call, you know, people are very protective about not only their personal information, but their, their property too. And, yeah. and when you started, when I started doing, you know, classic muscle cars, you know, there's great value in many of them. And a lot of people don't want to, don't want to share that information. Um, but, you know, you start to earn trust because you speak to other people and, and, you know, they open the door a little and you just let them know that, look, um, I just want to share your story. I'm, I'm not interested in buying your car or <laughs> disclosing anything. Um, but PR people, I do, I do hear from them quite a bit. Um, actually, they flood my inbox. Daily, but, uh, <laughs> Probably but, too much, right? Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> But yeah, that's, you know, more often than not, they're obviously, you know, that it's their job to sell something or, and, and that's what they're looking to do. But, you know, but I do use them from time to time. What's the best way to get in front of you? Is email the best or? Email is absolutely the best. Um, I, I get a couple of hundred every day. You know, it's, you know, jp at jpemerson.com. Um, I check them probably four or five times a day. Uh, my phone blows up and really I, all I'm looking for is, you know, hey, tell me your story. It's, you know, there's nothing wrong with your story. I want to hear it. It doesn't mean we can use them all, but, you know, there's a good chance. Yeah. What has been most surprising about the automotive industry since you began covering it? Well, I think from my perspective, when I thought of the industry itself, you know, you think of these executives and, and, and the people in the industry or the people you see on television that are in the industry. And they seem like they're, you know, 10 miles high. You can't quite get to them or you have to go through a bunch of people to get to them. Um, and I found that's really not the case. Uh, I would say nine out of 10 uh, that I reach out to actually respond directly. It's, you know, I, I don't have to go through a PR person or I don't have to go through a secretary or, or you know, someone that's, that's helping them. They're enthusiasts. 
Um, they like to connect with other enthusiasts and yeah. they want to talk to you. That's, that's probably the biggest thing, you know, that, that jumps out at me. People you just would never think would answer you. They do. Yeah. This one's from my husband. I had to sneak it in here. He wants to know, what do you think about today's muscle cars and the resurgence with some of the classic styling, you know, the big three have brought mm -hmm. back in recent years? I think it's great because if you're in the, the, the classic car community, you have to keep moving the needle forward um, without the new interest in, in, in the muscle cars or what's considered the muscle cars today the old ones are going to, they're going to fade away. They're going to die out because the owners, you know, be honest, you know, the owners are getting older. They're, they're dying. And if you don't keep up with the new, you can't pull the old along with you. I love them. I, I you know, Dodge has a great product. And, and of course, you know, Chevy with the new C8 Corvette, you know, that's a great car Ford, you know, obviously had the Shelby and, and, you know, a Ford GT, I mean, who'd have thought ever that they would, you know, come up with these today, but that's, you know, you have to welcome both and mesh them together. So I'm, I'm really happy that they're doing them. So let's talk about your podcast, the JP Emerson show. Let me read your description for our listeners because I just love it. It makes me excited to listen and classic cars is not my hobby. <laughs> so, okay. Nothing says nostalgia like a classic car and no one tells those stories better than the people who live them. Each episode, we ride shotgun through the back roads of our memories, talking road trips, music, humor, and what may lie ahead for the hobby. We'll meet new folks from across the country, industry insiders and celebrities with amazing tales to tell and a few secrets too. If you're all about horsepower, chrome, reliving the glory days or creating new automotive memories of your own, join award-winning automotive journalist and storyteller J.P. Emerson as we explore the open road and discover what's just beyond the headlights. So how did it start and how's it going? Well, it's going phenomenally well. Uh, it, it, it started strangely enough as a result of the pandemic. Um, I was supplying content to many, many magazines in the automotive world. The pandemic slowed things down. And then actually on, on one day, 98% of them went away. You got a nice email that mm. said, hey, look, you know, we, we can't do this anymore. Um, and we don't need you. Uh, and that's what happened with with virtually every freelancer, which is what you know most of us were. Yeah. Uh, and it's unfortunate, you know, because you're, you work on stories and, and interviews way ahead of time. So you've got many, many of them, in, you know, already in the can, ready to go. And then when your outlet disappears, you have no place to publish them. Um, and yeah. the places that will take them, you know, you can't work for free, not for long anyway. <laughs> right, um, right. So I'd had a, a couple of offers that said, hey, you should try doing this on a podcast, your power profiles, which is a, a series that I did um, and still do, would translate well into a, a podcast. So after some hesitance, I, I dove in knowing absolutely nothing about how to do a podcast and reached out to some folks and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to try this. What do you think? And they said, I think you should go for it. And like everything else, you know, it starts out slow. And you kind of learn and you make mistakes. And, you know, I, I actually did an entire interview where I forgot to record. Oh, um, no. <laughs> so, but you know what? That's what happens. And, yes. And you learn, you learn there's a difference between uh, the, the printed word and how you prepare for that and the podcast world where a lot of work is done getting ready for it and, and editing afterwards. 
which is just the opposite from, you know, when you're writing, right. Um, but it's going extremely well. Um, we, we have a very healthy uh, listenership, I guess you could say. I know we're, we're heard in well over a dozen countries. Uh, we are pretty much on every podcast platform you can think of. And again, there's a steady stream of, of emails that we get, you know, people sharing their story um, and well more than I can get to in a year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't want to let anybody down uh, because I think every story is worth sharing. It's just a matter of, you know, how do you get to it? You know, it's, there's, there's quite a list. Yes. Any favorite episodes or guests so far? Well, actually, I, all of them. I, I love them all. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love them all. I, I, I've, I've had everything from, you know, we had a, a nine-year-old uh, young lady on who knows engine codes and, and paint codes and oh, wow. you know, just a ridiculous amount of information to, you know, really the biggest names in the automotive industry, uh, you know, professional racers, drag racers, NASCAR, um, you know, the world's fastest motorcycle rider. Um, they've all been fun. They've all been interesting. And, and they share a heck of a lot more than just what they do. They share, they share themselves, their stories, their failures, a lot of humor, you know, what they listen to when they're, you know, when they're driving their everyday car, it's really about getting to know them. So, you know, I, I, I love hearing from all of them. So before we go, I must ask some questions that I'm sure you get a lot. Okay. What is your dream car? Well, knowing that, uh, a lot of people that listen are, are, are loyal to multiple brands, but I always say cool is cool. It doesn't matter what the brand is. Um, I, I would start with a, a 65 Shelby Mustang. Uh, I'd love a, a, a Hemi Cuda. I'd love a new Corvette. Um, that's not to say I wouldn't want other ones, um, but th- <laughs> that would be a nice start in, in the garage anyway. And I'm sure you've driven a lot of them. What have been the most fun to drive? Well, the classics are, are, this would really apply to all the classics. I said long ago, and in fact, I wrote a story on this also, that you know, it, if you haven't saw it on a starter, um, which many people may not even know what that is anymore, uh, or turned an actual key uh, or had gas fumes in your car, you're just a commuter. You're not a driver. You know, you've, got to, you've got to be on the ball when you're driving a classic car. Um, there's, there's no room for error. There's no, many of them don't have disc brakes. They have drum brakes. They don't have power steering. Many people have never seen a window that rolls up and down, you know, that, that you have to do manually. Um, <laughs> I, I, it, it's, you know, I know it's all generational. I love them all. I love the feel of saying, um, I'm driving, I'm in control of this car rather than looking to see what's on the radio or, or, or fixing my seat or answering the phone. Yeah. Now like a Tesla, right? That might not, not be your dr- yeah. dream car. <laughs> well, yeah, they're cool too. And I can tell you, you know, if you haven't ridden in one or driven one, they are extremely fast, yes. uh, you know, but there's a, that, that's a very polarizing subject in, in, in the automotive world, either you love them or you hate them, I'm uh, sure. but, but they're the future. So have you personally taken on any restoration projects? Many, many years ago, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I tried my hand at, at fixing or repairing many things. And like I said, that's, that's where I discovered, you know, I can do these smaller things with no problem, but, you know, pulling an engine or, or you know, a rear end or something, it, it, that's probably left to people that are, that are a lot better than me, but, you know, but yeah, as far as, as 
a full-blown restoration no no i i, I would buy next time i wouldn't try it myself <laughs> I, I think i'm too old for that now <laughs> i know we've all seen that we can't predict the future but what do you think is ahead for you well hopefully uh our podcast continues to grow I'd like to see some print media come back, although I know that's probably a long shot. Many people like to hold something in their hand other than a yeah. tablet. Um, you don't go to an event or car show, you know, especially when people have their car in a magazine. You know, they want to show that off. They're proud of their accomplishment. And that's hard to do with an iPad if, you know, it's going to go to sleep every four or five minutes. You know, they, they, right. want, to, they want it in their on their dashboard people can see or their little sign that they have out front you know that's a, a source of pride for them i hope in in whatever way those things come back um because right now it's it's not looking too promising for them yeah we all do we i agree with you completely so we'll keep our fingers crossed yeah i hope so <laughs> i need it <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us i really appreciate your time it was very interesting well thank you angela i appreciate it you can find JP's podcast, The JP Emerson Show, anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also find him on Twitter at the underscore JP Emerson. That's all for this episode of Media in Minutes, a podcast by Communications Redefined. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to our show. We'd love to hear what you think. You can find more at communicationsredefined.com slash podcast. I'm your host, Angela Toole. Talk to you next time.